Hey everybody, I want to welcome you again to the Before You Quit podcast where we want to bring courage and perspective when serving gets hard and man does it get hard sometimes that is why we do what we do on these podcast episodes. My name is Mitch Schultz and I'm your host. I'm also the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry and I'd like to just point out here it's coming to the end of the year and our ministry is a donation-based ministry and if you're considering a way to bless through your year-end giving, we'd ask that you consider Fruitful Vine Ministry. You can go to our website, uh, fruitfulvineministries.com or beforeyouquit.com or .us, www.beforeyouquit.us and look for the Support Us page there. Uh, so my co-host Dan Stegman and I uh, some weeks ago did a podcast about how important it is for a preacher to preach well, for a pastor to preach well, and uh, we talked about how important solid, biblical, Christ-centered preaching is to the life of the church. We're following up on that today by talking about your role as the listener to his sermon and how important it is that uh, you have a role in that, uh, how you prepare yourself, what you do before, during, and following the Sunday sermon. Uh, it's really an encouraging topic. It's something I honestly have not read much about or heard much about, but we think this podcast is going to help elevate your responsibility to the pastor's sermon as your way of deepening, helping him deep his commitment to bring each Sunday the deep experience of meeting the living God through the exposition of the Word. So I will go ahead and just uh, pass it over, and Dan and I uh, had a great conversation about this, so let's jump into it. All right, Dan, good morning. Good morning, Mitch. Here, here we are co-hosting again. I, I'm excited that we're doing this more often. And uh, I, 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 yeah, I hope uh, hope today's topic is going to be an encouraging one to people. This is new. We've not done this. Uh, I've not done this this topic much. I've not read much about this topic. We're uh, well. What are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about listening to sermons, and I think this is so important. We often focus on the preacher's responsibility as well. We should, in fact. Um, Several weeks ago, we did a podcast on mm-hmm. how preachers can improve their craft and how they can, um, you know, just be the preacher that God's called them to be. And and so there's a huge responsibility that every preacher has. But I think we often forget that the listener also has a very important responsibility. So the whole purpose of this podcast is to talk about what that responsibility is. For the listener. Yeah. yeah. And again, I think it's unique. Uh, 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 you know, I've found myself most of what I do, and this is in line with my ministry, obviously, uh, of focusing on, you know, helping the pastor, uh, helping him to be better and to be more focused, to be, you know, like we did last time with, with the preaching that, uh, uh, you know, just what biblical preaching is about, how to prepare yourself. But this is unique in that congregation. We, we who, listen to the pastor who love our pastor, pray for our pastor. We've got a huge responsibility. And I'll throw, I read this the other day from somewhere. I don't even remember where it was. It could have actually been a meme on Facebook where, you know, that's where we get our best, uh, uh, best quotes these days. Of course. Um, but the, the, per, the so, someone wrote there, when you pray for your pastor, his preaching is going to be better. 
And uh, we're going to circle back to that because we're going to be talking about the, uh, the role of preaching. Um, let's talk about why this is important. Yeah. That we're doing this. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it stems from our view of worship. If, if we have a high view of worship, if we see Sunday as the most important day of the week, if, if we see worship as kind of the be all end all, you know, what God created us for, then that's going to shape um, how we listen to sermons. And of course, sermons are just one part of the worship service. Um, but as Protestants, we would say that the, the sermon is kind of at the center of the worship service. So it's very important. And so that's why this is important is because worship is important. And, and today we have just a, a very casual view of worship. Yeah. And, and that's reflected in church attendance. That's reflected in uh, kind of this perspective that the preacher is there to, to entertain us mm-hmm. and to keep us awake if, if we're a little sleepy. And, and so I, I want to kind of push back against that, that idea that that's really crept into the church, that worship isn't really that important. Yeah. And yeah. The sermon's more about entertainment than anything else. Yeah. I mean, if you go to a movie or a, a play or something, you're not spending time praying for the cast. I mean, you know, we, we go to be entertained. We pay the money. I mean, that thing really asks of us and, and then we relax to enjoy. Uh, so really what we want to do also, it, it, I mean, you talked about a high view of worship. I think this also uh, elevates preaching as, as, and you alluded to that. Um, and I, I wonder, do you think when a pastor knows that his congregation expects a lot of him, that he's going to strive to be better? Absolutely. Yeah. If, if the bar is set higher, he's going to aim for that. Um, yeah. And there's a, just like in anything, there's a balance. You don't want that bar to be too high, um, but we don't want to lowball it either. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So, so a lot of what we're going to talk about today is our role because uh, you, you, you know, I'm not pastoring right now. I don't preach regularly. I attend a church and, and in preparation for this, it's been really interesting just in how I've been, you know, like Saturday evenings, I've been spending, I'll take the half hour, go outside and, and just pray for the pastors in my life. And I've not been doing that. I've been, you know, watching Dateline or 2020 or something else. And, uh, but I do remember when I was pastoring, uh, Saturday nights, I, I reserved for just quieting myself, preparing myself. And and why should that not also be on the shoulder of those of us who uh, who are are attending church and hearing the pastor? Um, That's a great so point. There, we're going to talk about. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I hope I have more than one good points on this podcast. So <laughs> keep affirming me, would you? <laughs> Absolutely. And if I could just. Yeah. Anything kind of else to say? Back. Yeah. Anything else to say on the introduction? Yeah, here? For me. So I've been a pastor for 15 years. Uh, and during those 15 years, I've always just been a solo pastor, you know, never been mm-hmm. on a multi-staff church or anything like that. But being a solo pastor, that meant that week in, week out, I was preparing sermons and I was preaching and sometimes two on a Sunday because we had there was times where we had evening service. And so there's there's kind of this weight of responsibility and, and it's as a preacher, you're just always engaged. 
I mean, you've spent time in the text and, and you come ready, or at least most of the time, or <laughs> you should be prepared. But now I'm kind of in this unique stage of life where I'm, I'm in like a ministry transition and um, actually looking at, uh, for the listeners out there, looking at coming on board with Fruitful Vine, uh, which is really exciting. Yeah, I wonder when we're going to break the news on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. It's it's out there now. Yeah, yeah, we're excited so, about I, that process, and we'll be we'll be talking more about that. I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and for me, w- what's different now is that most of the time I'm not in the pulpit. I'm, you know, I've still mm-hmm. preached uh, a couple times in the, in the last couple months, uh, but it's been interesting. Uh, just in the last week, I heard three or four different sermons, and they the preachers all did a fine job. So it's it's nothing to do with them, but I'm realizing this is hard, you know, to listen well. Yeah, it's it, even as a being a seasoned preacher, it's still hard not to get distracted, not to be thinking about what so and so is doing who's sitting in front of me not to be thinking about what's, you know, what we're going to do after church is over. It's just, and, and then you have to battle fatigue too. I mean, sometimes you're just tired for whatever reason. So there's a lot of reasons why this is hard. Um, you can kind of show up, but to, to actually listen yeah. well to sermons, it's not easy. Yeah. So now you know, now you know what it was like to listen to yourself for 15 years. Because <laughs> you're on the other end of it. <laughs> More compassion. Yeah, no, that's that's been my hey, that Dan, that's been my tension. I, you know, I stopped uh, pastoring regularly in 2014. I, I was an interim for a year in 2018. Uh, but when you've been doing this for 30, you know, some years, like I have, you 15. It's uh, and I think this is why we're doing this because we've been mm-hmm. we've been uh, on both sides of this. Um, so let's let's jump in and for a matter of simplicity. Uh, we're going to have really ma- three major areas that we want to look at here. Uh, so again, we're talking here about the responsibility of of us who are attending church, listening to the pastor. Uh, we're going to talk about what we do before, uh, what we should do during, and then what we should do afterwards. Um, so let's jump in. I mean, what in your mind, what's the most important thing that we should be doing uh, prior to the Sunday and in, in relationship again to the pastor's preaching, because that that's yeah. what the, the fair, the narrow focus is here. Well, if I could just pivot just a little bit, um, yeah. there is, there are some good tools out there. I mean, there's a million books on preaching for the, the preacher himself, but in terms mm-hmm. of the listener, there are some helpful resources out there. And, and there's one in particular uh, that is very helpful and that is from a, a catechism. Now, a lot of people don't mm-hmm. know what a catechism is. It's it's simply a, a teaching tool. It asks questions and it, it's followed by answers. And and one of the best out there, in my opinion, is uh, the Westminster Catechism. And actually, there's two catechisms. There's a lot larger and the shorter. And so I could talk a lot about that. I just want to kind of get right to it. Question one sixty. And I can't remember how many questions there are in the larger catechism. It's 170 something. But question mm-hmm. 160 uh, asks, what is required of those that hear the word preached? Here's the answer. Uh, and it's, it's kind of lengthy, so bear with me. It's required of those that hear the word preached 
that they attend upon it with diligence, preparation, and prayer, examine what they hear by the scriptures, receive the truth with faith, love, meekness, and readiness of mind as the word of God, meditate and confer of it, hide it in their hearts, and break forth the fruit of it in their lives. Uh, so that's the answer. And mm-hmm. there's a lot. Yeah, there, I love that. But it's so helpful. And and you kind of get a sense for uh, the seriousness of it. This is not something light. This is, as you said, it's not like when we go to um, the movies and then afterwards we kind of evaluate the film for its merits and so on. That's not at all what, what this is like. Mm-hmm. This is this is the word of God. That means God is speaking um, through his mouthpiece and we have to attend to that word. And, and it really, the answer there really breaks that down. And, and that's why I like it. Okay. I love that. And I think we both would, again, I didn't do a deep dive on this, um, but I, I'm not aware of a lot of books that, or any book really that has addressed this, which is again, why we're, we're doing this. Um Remind me when we get to after the sermon, I've got a great family story to talk about, okay. uh, about that, that particular point. Um, I'll wait till we get there. So practically, what should we be doing before uh, Sunday? So before the worship service, and um, I, I guess here's one way to, to put it. Sunday morning starts Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we reserve Saturday night for, for us, for whatever we want to do. Maybe there's some sort of an engagement. Um, our Saturdays tend to be filled. That's just the, the way of the modern world. Um, but for the Christian, I think it's, it's really, really important that we set aside Saturday night um, and, and that we, we get a good night's sleep. I mean, I've, um, yeah, I've seen people, dozing off and and maybe it's because of the lousy preacher up there it, namely me um but a lot of times it's because Dan, i just assumed they were praying for me whenever they would have their eyes shut <laughs> so are you, you telling me i could have been wrong on that that's that's disheartening <laughs> no i i agree with you yeah <laughs> so yeah get a good night's sleep and even um Spend some time in prayer. I think that's that's really, really important. But going back before that, before Saturday night, just um, consistency, being consistent in your church attendance. And in, you know, days past, ages past, um, that was just assumed. I mean, and, and there was people that were in yeah. church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, any other time that something was going on. The pendulums shifted. And, and now, you know, somebody that's considered to be consistent in their attendance is more like two Sundays a month or three Sundays a month. So it's 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 shifted. Uh, and, and that does concern me. You know, when when church is in session, you know, whether it's Sunday morning or if you have an evening service, you know, we need to do everything that we can to be there. And, and to be consistent. I mean, I think when... Yeah, when so, so a high, high view of church is, is a first priority here, we're saying. A high view of church, absolutely. Um, and then um, when it comes to, to Sunday morning, um, just like go- going to bed early Saturday night, 
get up early Sunday morning so that you have plenty of time to prepare your heart, to spend time in prayer, be in the word, you know, your, your normal devotional rhythm, whatever that looks like. Um, you don't want to shortchange yourself Sunday morning on the Lord's day. I think that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you're rushed, you're less, you're, you're more likely to, uh, to fall into, uh, you know, distractions and, you know, arguing with your family, you know, we're late. Uh, you know, I think those are, if, if we're preparing our hearts early uh, and we carry that into, you know, Saturday evening, Sunday morning, and and we're driving to church. There ought there ought to be a and I think there's a the, there's a I think a theology here for this too that the you know so much of what God uh, set up for worship in the Old Testament involved preparation. There, I mean, how much you you could just really look quite heavily into this and find it that the the preparation for the sacrifice, the preparation of our hearts, was such a critical part of worship in the Old Testament. And, um, and that anticipation for it uh, happens because you have done some things uh, by, by praying beforehand, being quiet, not being distracted by a lot of TV or, or social things. Um, so, so you're driving to church, your heart is right. Mm -hmm. uh, what, else would you, what, what else would you say is important? I mean, we did talk about praying for the pastor. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about how to pray for him prior to, to Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the preacher, the pastor, he desperately needs your prayers. Uh, and, and I just, I, as I've served these, these years in pastoral ministry, I just have coveted the prayers of God's people and, and I've felt them over and mm -hmm. over again. And so that is part of the listener's responsibility is to be praying for the preacher. Um, but also, you know, to, to kind of bring this home, pray for yourself. Um, you know yourself mm. better than anyone. You know your, your own tendency to be distracted. Um, and and when, we, when we go to church, we enter into this context, uh, and the church is a family. And just like in any family, there, sometimes there's conflict. Sometimes there's tension. Um, and, and so as you look at your brother or your sister in the Lord, maybe um, something comes to mind and and maybe it's not always nice and maybe it's mm -hmm. not always a, a a positive thought. So you 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 really have to, to understand your own heart and you need to be prayed up. Um, you also need to to pray for your children. You know, that's one thing you, that you need to do. And this is something you should do every day. But before you leave the house, have have a word of prayer as a family. You know, if you, if you have kids or if the grandkids are staying, uh, if it's just you and your wife, pray for them. Um, pray that yeah. they would be able to listen well. I think that is absolutely critical. Yeah. One of the things we do still is when we arrive at church before we get out of the car, we'll pray together mm -hmm. as a family. You know, whoever's in the car with us right now, it's usually my granddaughter and my brother-in-law. And that's that final moment where we, you know, give to the Lord what is about to happen in the next uh, next hour or two. Um, I want to add <laughs> one thing here. I'm I'm conditioned still by my my European culture, uh, you know, from serving in England for 
<clears throat> seven, eight years as a pastor. The, um, the, the British, and I think most European evangelicals still practice this, that when they arrive at church, uh, there's very little socializing. And I, I don't think we could <clears throat> change that here. I tried that when I was pastoring. Uh, to change that social culture, you know, as people walk mm-hmm. in, they're excited to see some, you know, people that they haven't seen for a while. And, uh, and I think that's important. I think there's value in that. That's part of the fellowship that uh, is encompassed in, in worship. Um, their habit in Europe, though, is to walk in and go sit down and there'll be music playing and their heads are bowed. They're preparing their hearts. And mm-hmm. I still do that. I mean, if, if someone saw me at church, they'll notice I come in and my head's bowed. I don't really want to talk to too many people. Um, and, and again, it's just because that's ingrained in me. Um, but also after the service, as soon as the, the last song was sung, and for Americans visiting, it was very odd because everybody would just sit down and it was quiet for about two to three minutes. And then people would slowly start to stand up and then they would begin to, to socialize. Um, but I think that's something maybe that could be an encouragement to pastors is to try to create a little more solemnity in, mm-hmm. uh, in worship. Um, and maybe some traditions do that differently than, than others. I, I know more Orthodox Presbyterian churches, I, I think do have a little bit more of that, uh, the the atmosphere that's there that yeah. can be conducive to prepare the hearts. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, Before yeah, I we think you're exactly right. <clears throat> I think every pastor that I know, we want to to cultivate that. We want to foster um, that relationality and that sense of community. We want our people to mingle and just enjoy being together. But we have to understand there's 168 hours in every week. And we're only gathering for an hour, hour and a half, once a week. I mean, I guess, um, depending on your church, maybe you have a, uh, an evening service or another service. So w- when you think about it from that perspective, corporate worship doesn't happen very often. A- and so this is when we gather to worship the holy God, um, I-, I think it-, it would definitely be beneficial to us and um, certainly honoring to God if, if there was that more that sense of solemnity, that this is really important and, and we're coming with this sense of anticipation. We're expecting that God is going to speak through his word. And, mm-hmm. and we understand that the, that the preacher has uh, this great task. You know, he's going to declare God's word to us. Um, so I'm, that, that's encouraging to hear that, um, you know, British evangelicals that that they still kind of um, they have that even even though I'm sure, you know, they've the, the church over there has its own problems. But I think that that's uh, certainly to, something to be commended for. Yeah. Yeah. I think we 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 could learn a lot from that. Uh, a practical encouragement to a pastor listening to this, because I think you the pastor also has a role to prepare his people for mm-hmm. why they're there. So there, there's there's a two sense of responsibility here. And uh, in my encouragement to some pastor, you know, listening to this is, is try this, you know, at the end of the service, maybe ask people, hey, today, let's just take a few minutes. And it could be just from the, what, the sense of what the Holy Spirit's doing the, during the service. Let's all sit down and, and be quiet for 
a few minutes and then mm-hmm. uh, when you're ready just walk out and and let's uh let's practice that and see what that's like i i think people will be uh you know hugely impacted by that um any anything from uh well i did talk about the role of prayer for your pastor that if you if you pray for your pastor you're more likely to he's more likely to be a better preacher and and that's that probably can also be just because your own heart is right you're less critical the one thing that keeps you and me or anyone listening to sermons from getting uh much out of his sermon is being critical uh mm-hmm. over things that that might have been said we're going to come back to the end of what to do uh when we might disagree with what the pastor has said because there is yep. a role in that so i'm going to get but but my point here is if you're praying for your pastor, you're less likely going to be critical. You're more likely going to uh, to to lean in on what he said that that is good, that is biblical, um, and and of course we argued this last time that if you want to help your people listen well, uh, just preach the Bible. You know, you're less likely yeah. going to go wrong if you're preaching verse by verse. So, um, all right, let's talk about during the service. Um, yeah, go ahead. You you got a point. Yeah. You're raising your finger. Yes, in the back over there. <laughs> That's the good thing with Zoom is you can actually see me and I can I can see mm-hmm. you. And, and I apologize that you have to see me, but um, <laughs> no problem at all. Um, taking notes. I mean, this is something that people have done yes. for yes. centuries. Uh, probably. Um, uh, that is just a really simple thing that that's going to help you. A friend of mine named Rob, he, I think it's more of like a medical thing where he actually really struggles to stay awake with, with, um, not just when he's listening to a sermon, but when he's pretty Mm -hmm. much listening to anything, all he does is he just takes copious notes and it helps him to engage more. So it's not just the component of, Oh, I've got these notes and I can go back to them. It's, when you're taking notes, uh, you're just more engaged. It's kind of like this morning when I'm reading my Bible for devotions, <laughs> as I'm underlining in my Bible, it, it seems like I'm just more naturally engaged. So that's yeah. that's a really simple thing that a lot of people already do. And um, maybe if you don't take notes, um, that's something that you might want to look at doing. Uh, one time a guy came up to me, showed me his notebook. I think it was a young adult and, and it was just full of just scribbling and doodling. And I kind of made some funny comment about that. And I, I said, well, why do you do that? He goes, because it helps me to concentrate to what you're saying if I'm just drawing or so that that's a, that's an anomaly. That's not too common. Uh, yeah. But the connection with the brain, you know, as you're writing, I think it helps you to be less distracted, uh, so if doodling helps you listen to the sermon better, then we encourage doodling. But we don't have a theology for doodling, so sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, and we taking notes. Um, uh, what else would you say? You know, we've talked about uh, you know coming in with a, a prepared hearts, uh, but really during the sermon, having your Bible with you can also be. an encouragement to the pastor, but, but helpful to you. And I know uh, nowadays we bring our, our phones with us and it's hard to tell. I mean, I kind of miss that, uh, you know, looking around, seeing people, uh, you know, with open Bibles, but again, that's, that's more just being, uh, you know, rather old school. This might be anathema, but I would say um, it might be anathema in our day and age, but I would say, 
bring a physical copy of your Bible. Yeah. I, I know that the younger generation and, and I rely on, on my device a lot and I've got my Bible app um, as most people have that now. And I'm thankful for that, but I would say bring your physical, physical copy of your Bible. Um, you, you're not going to see notifications that, that show up. And there's, there's just several reasons. I, um, so that would be my encouragement. So not everybody's going to agree with that. Especially yeah. What's helpful to me with my my phone or my iPad is I do enjoy. I have Logos on my on my phone and my iPad, and and I'll I'll push the word, look up what the Greek word is, and so it's a it's a little tool for myself. But uh, I do I I do miss carrying a physical Bible myself, and I think after this podcast, I probably will. We'll bring both, you know, um, but is it, you know, the church we go to, it's exciting to look around and there are a lot of young people that bring their own Bibles and their note takers. And uh, I wrote the pastor last week. He did a phenomenal verse by verse exposition on, on the last book of Malachi. And, and I wrote him and I said, Hey, I noticed that when a pastor preaches verse by verse, uh, people are looking more into their Bible, and and he was like, "Well, what a novel idea! Why don't we? Uh, <laughs> why, why, why don't we all do that?" Um, one of one of the you you being a pastor, you probably experienced this, but I don't know if people appreciate the vulnerability of the pastor after he preaches, and most pastors standing at the door as people are leaving. And let's talk a little bit about the responsibility of the listener at that moment as they're greeting the pastor, because what, what is the standard thing most people say is they're, they're passing you after your sermon? Uh, well, it, it depends on how honest they are, but. Uh. <laughs> no, but just, this, just, just come up with what is a normal thing people say when they're pass, yeah. passing the pastor. Um, good sermon yeah. pastor, right? Good sermon. Good job. Yeah. Yep. There's uh, it's rare that, that somebody's going to say something really negative. Um, but I don't agree with are, what you said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of people, they're just, uh, they, they're neutral. They don't say one thing or the yeah. other. And I, I'm totally fine with that. I mean, I don't need to, to be critiqued and, and it's, again, it's, it's not so much about me. I mean, I, I'm trying to do my best before the Lord. Um, but God can speak through a donkey and God did speak through a donkey. So even if I do a lousy job and I'm just still up there expositing the scriptures, uh, there's still going to be this level of responsibility that the listener has. And and so that's kind of a modern thing for us to, to, to give our critique and, and say whether we thought it was good or bad or um, yeah, yeah. In, in between. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it's appreciating that the pastor has poured his heart into, uh, hopefully, you know, hours of preparation. Yeah. And uh, he, he's expended himself emotionally as well in preaching, physically, spiritually. Mm -hmm. And now he's expected to be, and this is the part I want the listener to appreciate, is that man has really given him, he has given you his week in that 30-minute, mm -hmm. 40-minute moment. And um, there's a there's something you can do and say in that moment to encourage him, um, you know, even if it was a mediocre sermon. One time someone passed me and and said, Pastor, that was a great sermon. I looked at him. I said, I, no, he said that was such an encouraging sermon. 
And I looked at him, I said, I preached on hell. (laughs) (laughs) And I I really did say that. And he was kind of taken back because I I knew he was just saying a perfunctory thing Mm -hmm. that he wasn't thinking. So uh, my encouragement to the listeners would be to, to really be intentional as you're coming to the pastor, again, knowing he's vulnerable, knowing he's expanded himself heavily, he's tired, he's insecure right now, whether he mm-hmm. should be or not, that's, that's his issue. That's the other podcast. Uh, but this is your responsibility in this moment. What could you say uh, to encourage him? And a couple of things I came up with is to, uh, to say things like, uh, you know, Pastor, I just want to share with you the, what you said about such and such really encouraged me this morning. Uh, or your comment about whatever really, really challenged me. Um, and what I would do when people would say that to me is say, well, can I, can I connect with you this week? And I'd like to talk with you more about that. Um, now, where we're extremely vulnerable is when, as you alluded to, which is, I think, rare because people are generally polite, is, uh, is a critical comment. And, um, and, and so, again, we'll, we'll talk about what our role is when we feel like there's, there's something that we disagree on. Um, Here's, I, I can speak to, to, a, yeah. to something that really encouraged me. Uh, this is a number of years ago, but there was a, a lady in our church who had lost her husband just a few months before that. Mm-hmm. Not, it wasn't a year, uh, but she was still pretty deep in grief. And she said to me, Pastor, your sermons, and so it wasn't just that sermon that day, but she said, your sermons speak to me in my grief. And that was one of the best compliments I've ever got. I was Yeah, because like, it was a general kind of an overall encouragement of your sermon. Yeah, I love that. I love oh that. Oh, my. It lifted me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, what we're wanting to come uh, bring across here is the is your role as the listener, as an encourager to your pastor before, mm-hmm. during and then after and the after piece that we're talking about. And again, I, I'm probably focusing on this a little too much, but that moment that the pastor is standing there at the door and uh, and you're walking by can be a great opportunity. I mean, there's a lot of people milling around and wanting to talk to the pastor so you can't have. Uh, long dialogues, although I think that could be good too for a pastor to turn his shoulder, fo- you know, face the listener and, and yeah. pay full attention to that person. I, I try to practice that a lot as well. But you're sensitive to a lot of other people around you too. So, um, yeah, anything else uh, on the during bumping onto the after responsibility here? And then we'll talk about what we do after the sermon. No, I, I think, um, I, I think. Just to go along with that, um, it, it doesn't stop as soon as you leave the building. Like it, your responsibility mm-hmm. doesn't end there. Um, it's very important, you know, what happens in that 30, 40 month, pardon me, 40 minute chunk of time. <laughs> months. That, that's, that's great discipline if it's months. <laughs> what happens after is almost equally important. And so that's where I would say when you go home Sunday afternoon, um, the most important thing is not the four, the, the score in the football game. That's sometimes the way we operate, but um, you need to go home and find some time. I mean, it, it might not be, you might have plans, you might be getting together with friends. Um, but at, at some point Sunday afternoon, I think it's really important 
to go back and, and even meditate on the passage. Uh, it's going to stick with you a lot more uh, than if, say, a week later or a few days later, you go back to the, to the passage. Um, so yeah. meditation, I, th- I think, is, is a hugely valuable exercise. Um, and of course, prayer. We keep coming back to prayer. Um, but before, during, after, it's, it's all important. And, yeah. and you can pray, Lord, help me to, to apply this to my life. If, if you were praying mm-hmm. beforehand, Lord, help me to receive your word. Um, help me to listen well. Afterwards, you're praying, Lord, help me to apply this to my life. Seal this word upon my heart. Uh, that kind of thing. I love uh, that. Yeah, it's it's yeah continued application. Yeah, yeah. we we had First uh, Thessalonians two thirteen as a verse to talk about, and and it says this, and we always thank God constantly for this, mm-hmm. that when you received the word of God, past tense, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for but as what it really is, the word of God. Uh, le- you know, leaving that service, that parking lot, going home and and uh, even in the conversation with family as you're, you know, debriefing, uh, which we'll talk a little bit about, um, is to reflect on that. We didn't just hear Pastor So-and-so up there talk and give a speech. That was God's word that mm-hmm. we heard. And, uh, and you're more likely to have heard that word again if you have been praying for your pastor prior and preparing your own heart. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, p- p- you're alluding to personally meditating. There's also a communal sense here. You know, most of us are having lunch with family. Uh, you know, we joke as pastors that, you know, right now everybody's sitting there talking about my sermon at home and, mm. you know, our ears are burning. You know, we're, <laughs> we're wanting, wanting to know what they're talking about. Um, but that's an opportunity too to continue to receive the word by. Um, uh, so, what, what would you encourage as some disciplines there? Yeah, well, that's what we try and do. Um, and sometimes it can be a little bit um, uh, awkward, given that with kids, know, years, mm-hmm. with with kids, and I'm the preacher, and and they're kind of yeah, yeah. Our, our kids are very gracious, but yeah, we that is helpful if if you can do it not just um, individually. But you can do it with your family, or even if you're you're meeting with uh, friends after church, um, talk about it. You know, dialogue, and and maybe they picked up something from the sermon that you that you missed. And so, absolutely, I'm I'm all for that. The, but but the key is not to to just kind of say, oh, okay, I've done my weekly duty. I showed up for church, and now I can go home and and live life and do all the things that I want to do. Yeah. No, that that's that's so solid. So here here's a story from uh, from my family that has become sort of lo- folklore in our home. Uh, m- my dad had preached at church, and we're all sitting around the the table eating. And my sister, we were talking a little bit about the sermon or the service. I don't remember much about it, but my sister pipes out and says, uh, "You know, Dad always practices what he preaches." And my dad looked at her and said, "Oh, so what did I preach about this morning?" And she said, "Sin." <laughs> <laughs> so, so you got to be careful about how, what you how you talk about the the sermon. Yeah, I mean, again, just how how you process this together as a as a family, 
Um, it, it doesn't stop after the service. What, what right. else would you say at that as we move on? Well, I would say let, let's go back to, to, to the question that you raised before. You know, what, what if you're listening there, you're sitting there, you're listening, and you hear something and it doesn't sit right and, yeah. and you disagree with what the preacher said? What do you do? You know that, and mm-hmm. and how do you how do you do it? How do you approach him in a spirit of love? And here's what I would say. Here's I think something really really important that that can be a tendency. Don't tell everyone else uh, yeah. about what the preacher said and how how much you disagree with it and how wrong he was. Don't go to everyone else. Go to him first. I think that's so important. Um, maybe you can't talk to him after the service, but but try and meet with him. And and when you do that, approach him with with the spirit of love. You know, not with with that critical spirit. But I, what I would encourage is going to the preacher. You've heard something. It doesn't sit right with you. It doesn't seem like it lines up with scripture. Uh, I think it's so important that you go to the preacher. And and the first thing is clarify. Um, d- did I hear you say, Was am I correct in hearing you said this? Yeah. Um, and then it gives him a chance maybe to uh, express again what he said. And, and you might be able to say, thankfully, oh, well, I, I think I misunderstood you. Um, I can think it, of several times. It, I can think of several times where that was the case, where somebody came to me and yeah. they said, Pastor, did you say this? You know, did I hear right? And mm-hmm. I was able to to clarify things, and that really smoothed things over. I mean, as soon yeah. as I explained it, they're like, oh, okay, I thought you were saying something else. So that yeah. clarification yeah. is so important. Yeah. But then as a pastor, you're thinking, oh, my goodness, everybody must have taken that had that take on, on what I said. You're worried. And then yeah. the insecurity and then the insecurity increases even more. Yeah. <laughs> and and you wonder if anybody's going to be there next uh, next time. Well again, Dan, this is where we pray for our pastor. We encourage our pastor, even as you're looking for a new pastor, look for a pastor uh, who preaches the word, who preaches the text, who is expositional verse by verse. You're less likely to go wrong if you're preaching that way. If the if the text is merely a springboard to uh, your thoughts or ideas, you're likely going to say things that are going to be misunderstood. You're less likely going to be misunderstood if you're if you're preaching verse by verse. And I, I know that's nuanced because there's you know interpretations uh, on different texts and and different you know different ways of looking at things. But I think generally. Uh, you're you're more likely to not see that happen if you're if you're preaching the gospel on a regular basis. Um, I, I've had again the pastor. You have some responsibility here. I think it's. Do you, do you think it's healthy for the pastor to have some people to go to and to and to be accountable to, or, or to say, hey, um, could you let me know if there's anything I say that is, is maybe not right? Or I give you the freedom to come to me. Have you done that? And do you see the value in that? Yes, uh, there's great value in that. I have done that. Uh, I think you're you're going to want to say that to your elders. You're going to want to say that to to yeah. the trusted leadership sure. that that you respect and you know that they can handle the word. 
Um, but I mean, I wouldn't say mm-hmm. limit it to, to just that exclusive group. Um, so yeah, I put yourself out there and, and say, Hey, you know, be like the Bereans, you know, test what you hear yeah. with the word of God. Um, and if it's not lining up, then you need to have a conversation with me, you know, come and talk to me and express your concerns, give people the freedom to do that. And I think that, that you will benefit from that. Um, certainly they will benefit because they're, the more that they're in the word, uh, the more that they can handle the word, the more that they can test the word. And, and there's going to be that filter that they can process all that they hear. So I think that that's, that's really, really important. Um, be, be a good listener. Um, don't be overly critical, uh, but don't be afraid to, to approach your pastor at the same time if there is something that seems off. Yeah, there's a, there's a difference between being critical and discerning. And, and the Brians didn't just assume, oh, hey, this is Paul talking. He's an apostle. We must just uh, you know, assume that he's right. They, they compared it to what they saw in Scripture. Yeah, one, one guy listened to a lot. He says, don't, don't listen, to your, listen to your pastor uh, with a closed mind. Uh, no, don't, don't listen to your pastor with an open mind, but with an open Bible. And, mm. and if your Bible's open, if you know your Bible, you're going to know if what your pastor is saying is correct or not. And, and this is something we didn't really prepare to talk about, Dan, but I think this, you know, what we want from the listeners is for you to also be deep in your theology, in your doctrine. Don't make the preaching of the pastor your only sur- source of theology and biblical teaching. Um, that, that, that's one component of it, but, uh, and hopefully, it dry, the better the preacher, the more you're going to be driven to want to know the word yourself, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you want to, if there's somebody that you want to be influenced by, it is your pastor. You know, assuming that he's solid and he's um, legit, he's, he's a man of God, then you want to be influenced by your pastor. But obviously, we live in a world where we have exposure to... Um, all this teaching, all this stuff that's on the internet, and it's not hard to find good preaching. It's not hard to find good commentaries on the Bible. And so um, your pastor, your your preacher, he's just one among many. And so, yes, um, read widely uh, and do your best to be discerning. You know, do your best to to dive deep into the Word of God know the word so that you can live the word. Amen. Well, okay. So wrap it up. We, the importance of you, the listener before preparing your heart, praying for your pastor, uh, during practical stuff, note-taking, encouraging more solemnity and worship, encouraging the to practice that, see how that goes. Um, our words to the pastor, our, our posture of encouragement to them. And then also afterwards, uh, to continue to see continued application personally through meditation, but also in a communal sense with family. And then Dan, the cycle starts again. We look forward yep. to the next week, right? And um, and we we hope this uh, starts a discipline for people that will be exciting and and really healthy to the local church and healthy, encouraging to the pastor and his leaders. Any final Amen. thoughts? Amen. Yeah. Well put. I think one way to summarize it would be to say, um, 
have a high view of the word, Mm -hmm. have a high view of worship, uh, do all that you can to support your pastor uh, and, and receive the preached word. I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's maybe the best way that we could summarize all that we've covered here today. Great. Okay. All right. So thanks, Dan. We did, uh, I think two valuable podcasts on the preacher and the listener, and uh, we look forward to getting some good, encouraging feedback from people. And maybe we can invite people to be discerning about this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By yeah. all means, if you want to support the, the ministry, want to support um, this podcast, jump on the website. Uh, we would certainly appreciate that. It's it's yeah. needed. And we believe yeah. that, that this ministry is more needed than ever. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Dan. Appreciate it. Thanks. So there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Before You Quit podcast. If you have any questions or comments about anything we've talked about today or on any other episode of Before You Quit, you can email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us. So until next time, stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all of that hard stuff that comes with it. And remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next time, stay encouraged.